You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly's coverage of the NHL expansion draft. Brought to you by Boost Mobile. More power to save with plans starting as low as $15 a month. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home Las Vegas style. Buy M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and find out which M-Drive is right for your lifestyle. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. And buy summer skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly's coverage of the NHL expansion draft is presented by the D Las Vegas Resort and Casino and is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. It's a Thursday night. A Thursday night? Yeah, it's a Thursday night. It's a special night. It is uh, our Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly expansion draft coverage. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host on Monday night, Rob Rothbard from Southern California. And my Tuesday and Sunday night co-host, Paul Hornstein of Long Island, New York. And we're bringing on a special guest in about 15 minutes. The NHL analyst, Tom Callahan, is going to join us. So, gentlemen, how are you? Let's start with Rob first. How are you, Rob? I am well. I am well. A little crazed. A lot of stuff going on. Trying to keep up with everything with the expansion draft last night and uh, the movement today and uh, schedule release and so it's just a lot of exciting times <laughs> happening right now all at one time that's why we decided to do a couple of special shows this one primarily focused on the expansion draft but we'll touch a little bit on some of the schedule highlights as well especially for the uh, teams that we cover paul hornstein how are you doing out on long island new york tonight um you know i can't complain too much a beautiful day today um trying to keep up with everything myself uh trying to Look at the schedules. Actually, one schedule, to be honest with you, and <laughs> keeping up with the trades and and and, and trying to uh, keep you from jumping off the ledge. And <laughs> that's a big job. I do it every day. I do it every day. Okay, two things. First of all, all of our listeners want to know: Did you make it to the beach today? No. That's oh. tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, folks. It's his, it's his off day tomorrow. He's going tomorrow to the beach. Okay, well, I went so last we, night. Okay, okay, okay. So we cleared that up. Right. Paul's made it to the beach. Uh, second thing everybody wants to know is how the heck are the Islanders going to have anything left in the tank when they open up the uh, the new arena after being on the road for 13 straight? Are they trying to take after the Sun Devils or what's going on, Paul? Well, first of all, uh, we all knew – at least anybody who follows the Islanders knew they were going to start the season with a long road trip. I honestly, it's about three or four more games than I thought they were going to get started with. Um, and so the long road trip is not unexpected. If you're going to do it, do it to start the season. No one's going to be tired. Uh, that's yeah. One. Not until they come back <laughs> Two. well, I'll worry about that. The second home game after that, the first home game is not going to be an issue. Um, I the only issue I had with it is I would have scheduled it differently. Obviously, I don't have any say in it. But why are they not starting the season playing the three California teams, Seattle, Western Canada, and then making a desert trip to Vegas, Colorado, and Arizona? And then if you still need more time, you're not sure. Why are you not taking a trip across the river, take a trip to Manhattan and down to that place that's historical in Pennsylvania that um, nobody likes. But uh, Robert Morris? 
No, well, you're, oh, okay. you've gone a little too far west now. But you can throw okay. that in there too. You can throw you can throw uh, that other city there too. Um, you know, I, I don't understand. To me, you you got them bouncing up and down, going to Florida a couple of times, Carolina. I mean, Chicago. I mean, what what are you doing that for? That that doesn't make any sense. But I didn't make no, the schedule. I don't no have wonder. anything to say about it. No wonder Jordan Eberle was so happy to put on a crack in Jersey. I was wondering what that was all about. Well, now I know he didn't want to go on the road like that. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, but let's let's face it: Western Conference teams do far more traveling than teams in the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah, it's not even close. I mean, not even yeah, close. how many bus trips <laughs> that, are, are the Kraken going to take outside of Vancouver? Well, I mean, and and everyone's going to be on the road, being the Pacific Northwest. I mean, Vancouver's the closest, and then everything that's what else. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's <laughs> one bus trip, and that's a three-hour bus trip. Everything else is 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 long hauls. I mean, you you know the teams here, Rob. I mean, you 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 can bus to every team in bus the metropolitan division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. the Rangers train or bus to uh, to Philly. To the brotherly love, I won't say Philly. I'll say the city of brotherly love. Yeah, that's uh, not what I call it, but you know, <laughs> Pittsburgh is usually a flight. Yeah, uh, but that's a quick island, flight. That's island, an hour. Yeah, quick flight, quick bus ride from the uh, to the island to Jersey. I mean, it's those trips are real easy. You know, the Islanders are oh, going to yeah. experience something to start the season that it's going to make their head spins. Not just because they're on the road so long. It's like, what's all this mileage? <laughs> well, you're going to put those miles in anyway. The point is, it, it, you know, they, they're just they're bouncing all over the place. That's the part I don't understand. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're putting so many miles on early where they could have, like you said, they could have really made their life easier since everybody knew the league knew that they were going to have to start on the road. They could have done exactly what you said. Start them on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest and go down. And then you yeah. play Colorado, uh, then you play Colorado, maybe Colorado, uh, Phoenix and Vegas, or maybe two of the three. Yeah, yeah or uh, you know, I mean, it, it it doesn't make any sense to me. I like I said, I, I like I said, I don't know. I didn't make the schedule, but uh, that's just ridiculous. Oh, I'm glad I'm not an Islanders fan. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, in the oh, uh, it's starting early, folks. Well, it's yeah, well, early. yeah, you know, you don't. You, you, why would you want to root for teams that actually make the playoffs? Oh. Um, the uh, fact that's is, okay. That's okay. I still have seen a cup in the more recent time than you have. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I'll that's, just have to have settled for four. That's okay. I, four, four versus one, but if it's the last one, you know. Well, the, what, what was it? Nineteen eighty-four. I yeah. gotta think of a good champ in nineteen eighty-four. Uh, it's not nineteen sixty-seven, so I'm not really too worried about uh. anything. <laughs> Oh no no uh, that was nineteen fifty four. You, you uh, nineteen sixty seven. What do you, that's my birth year. Uh, wow. <laughs> that so you're the reason why uh the most overrated team in the NHL hasn't won a cup. Okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, I, I wanna what? start up <laughs> I wanna start up the twenty twenty one season schedule. Toronto and St. Louis uh, are not anywhere near each other, uh, dude. What are you with, talking uh, about? Toronto. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I was thinking expansion since All right. on the expansion subject yeah good idea uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to briefly talk about this before we get Tom on uh, but uh, October 12th the season begins there's two games the uh, Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Penguins and Seattle visiting the Golden Knights your guys' thoughts on uh, just the opening night and is, is it good yeah I, that's just, that's purely that's that's simple enough, um, you know. Tampa Bay uh, hosting Pittsburgh. I mean, you know that's that's a made-for-TV matchup, right? Like like the first game usually is. And let's face it, you might as well get the Seattle Vegas thing started right away because <laughs> that you know, everybody knows though, that's a force-fed. Uh, not force-fed. I mean, let let's face it. The, even though they didn't take a player from the, the Golden Knights yesterday, the specter of the of, of Vegas was all over that expansion draft yesterday. And, and also the comparisons to Vegas that, that, you know, they talked about, they've already started breaking it down how 
I think uh, Vegas had 16 forwards and they had 15 now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is being compared to Vegas and, you know, the results on the ice are going to be uh, ultimately the, uh, the end all be all as far as the comparison to the two teams. Yeah. I mean, the, the pressure is not on Seattle necessarily to win because the pressure is on every professional sports team to win. The pressure is on Seattle specifically based on what happened in Vegas in their first year. Absolutely. Okay. So we all agree that's going to be good matchups. We'll go with that. Oh, then I have um, to be wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, if, if, <laughs> if, 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 if Scott's agreeing with me, then I must be wrong. <laughs> all good matchups. Um, we, I asked Rob to go through the highlights of, of three California teams, and he sent me a message back and said, are, are there any? <laughs> well, so so we'll get into that in just a minute. I want to tell you though, the best one that, that I saw come out today was the Arizona Coyotes. Absolutely nothing to do with the Arizona Coyotes, but everything to do with who is coming here and who you should get your tickets to come see your favorite players play the Coyotes. That, <laughs> how is that any skip di- their own team? <laughs> how is that any different than it's been for the last? I didn't years. say it was. I didn't say it was. I just said that they uh, they came right out and said, just come and see, come and buy the cheapest tickets in the NHL to see your favorite player right here in the desert where it's nice and warm, um, and we'll be the opponent. Well, well let, let me ask you this. They're talking a lot, at least since I've been doing a lot of following of the Coyotes lately, a lot about the arena, uh, about potentially something in Tempe still. Is that is that still a possibility? Yeah, or is that... that- that became a little bit more realistic today. Paul sent me uh, a, a little tweet about it, and I did some digging into it. It is a possibility, um, but uh, if I had a dollar for every time there was an yeah, arena when, possibility when they, here, listen, when they I would start be a billionaire. When, 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 when they shovel start, in the ground, yes, Paul. We, we yeah, shovel in the ground, baby. <laughs> okay, it, it, it's not going to be in the next three years. Let's put it that way. It doesn't okay. matter. Um, okay, okay. So, if the sh- towards. If the, it's something to work towards and, tr- and hopefully keep them in the in the state for the next three years before they, you know, d- decide to go somewhere else. Well, if this they, is they, gonna this is gonna be their year, Rob. And here's why: if they don't produce something for the fans and the partners, the corporate people to get involved in and get behind in uh, this season, they're in a world of hurt next year. It won't matter where they put an arena; they can put it in the heart of Scottsdale, because right now. They can't get the time of day on any broadcast. They can't even get it on a on a sports broadcast of any sort, much less anything else. So, well, right now it's nothing uh, but Suns anyway. So let's 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 call that like it is. Well, that's the way it's going to be if the Suns win again next year. If they uh, continue well, yeah, to but... put a winning product out there, it's always going to be that way. We all know that. That's what Arizona is. Yeah, but so. but how long can you survive like that? Right. I mean, you got to have something. You're dealing away every every player that was possibly going to be a, a, a fan draw. Right, I they mean, haven't dealt they anybody the, yet. If they think the deal today is going to bring fans to the, the, the building, no, nah, not it's happening. An, it's, an, it's another not deal where, where they got a player and picks to take a, to take a guy. So why? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, let me ask you this. What are you going to do with 17 second and third round picks over the next two years? You can't take that many players. you got nowhere to put them. You're going to have to deal those picks now, and then you're going to have to hope that you deal the right picks. Right. And, the, um, and some of the picks they're getting are so high up that it, it's not second round. It's third round, basically. You still need those. <laughs> For what? You can't have 17 second and third rounders? Why not? What are you going to do with them? <laughs> why not? <laughs> what do you mean, why not? Where are you going to put 17 second and third rounders on your roster? My God, you will be no better than an NCAA team for the next five years. You have to start building it. What are you supposed to do? Not take it, the draft picks? No, I didn't say that. I just okay, said that so that can't be your focus. You got to get a few picks. No, to have seventeen, you, you have to spin those picks into, into NHL yes. players. Yes, you do. Yes, okay, you do. But you have to have them to do that. That's that's fine. But as long as they do that and they don't pick with them, <laughs> right? <laughs> and because right now, Rob here seventeen second round picks from the Coyotes over the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, Rob, the word that came out of the press conference today from from uh, 
and I just heard bits and pieces of it, so I can't say I heard the entire thing. But uh, Bill Armstrong was saying, like, hey, I, I just got some really good scouts, and it's not fair to give me really good scouts if I don't have really good picks for them. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Uh, well, I banged my head wrong. against the wall. I'm going You're like, not wrong. <laughs> what? You're not wrong. <laughs> How much is he paying you? you How much is he make... paying you to be in his pocket? You can't make good picks if you don't have them. The only way you're going to get those players is to have the picks. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, so. Well, well, honestly, not because they just acquired Andrew Ladd and Gossespierre without giving up anything. So they haven't. So, so what's wrong with that? Roster, but, but they haven't detracted from their roster, and, they, and they're only adding to it. You have right. to. It's got to be. It's got to be a give and take. You, you can't keep taking on assets. Your ship's gonna sink. There's too much. You got to spit it off. You've got to do something. You can't play everybody. You, yeah, but you can't say they don't have any players and then say, well, they don't shouldn't take too many draft picks. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> uh, just cash the check quick. Cash the check that you're getting quick. And lad, All right. and lad, if lad plays thirty games this year, I'll be shocked. Yeah, everybody will. Everybody will. We're going to take a quick break uh, because we're going to get to our guests. We've already blown through 15 minutes just like that. Uh, One quick break. We'll come back. We'll bring back uh, Tom Callahan, my old friend Tom Callahan, the NHL analyst, to help us break down the Seattle Kraken on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly Special Edition, the NHL Expansion Draft. We'll be right back, folks. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sports books at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. You're listening to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy sitting here in a muggy, humid, and about to get monsooned on Scottsdale, Arizona. Rob Rothfarb out in beautiful Southern California, which makes me jealous to say every single time. And my my good friend, um, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York, my Tuesday and Sunday night co-host, basking on that palatial estate on Long Island. Uh, Gentlemen, it's our pleasure to bring on my NHL analyst and good friend Tom Callahan to help us break down the the, uh, Seattle expansion draft. So, uh, Tom, welcome aboard. you got Scott, Rob, and Paul with you. It's going to be a nice roundtable tonight. How are you? today so i had a lovely birthday dinner with my mom and uh, oh nice yeah. it was it was I, great little little prime rib little prime rib. <laughs> nice. i, I would have looked on facebook but it gave me the wrong day anyway <laughs> uh, man I, and if you see a facebook and it says it's mine i can almost guarantee you it's not <laughs> <laughs> so so you're not on the road yet or are you on no, I'm not on the road yet. I'll be uh, leaving tomorrow morning uh, to kind of get underway. But for now, uh, nope, just uh, wanted to stay through mom's birthday. And, and yeah, nice. Uh, bright and early, I'll rise, but I won't shine. 
Well, who does? <laughs> well, happy birthday to your mom, and, and welcome on to uh, our special edition tonight. So much stuff going on in the hockey world, and when the expansion draft came around and the amateur draft coming up on Friday and Saturday, I said, Tom Callahan's the guy we got to have because I know you've got the insight, that being the former voice of the Predators and the Tucson Roadrunners and all of your knowledge. So um, we're going to let you start things off, uh, Tom, just by giving us your thoughts on, on what you saw from the Seattle um, Kraken. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I did not select the same team <laughs> in my expansion <laughs> draft. I don't think anybody <laughs> did. Um, looking at did you roster, have Joy Decord on there? <laughs> I, no, I did not actually. I uh, from Ottawa. I grabbed uh, Dodonov. Was who uh, who I would have picked up. But uh, it's interesting to be honest with you. Looking at the way Seattle's doing things, obviously they went for some size and some grit. Uh, they want to be a punishing team to play against is is what I'm saying. Am I surprised that uh, if we had a situation where I, I, I'm so OK, I'm surprised. I'll just go ahead and say it. I am surprised that there are a lot of players out there. They probably could have taken. I felt they could have built a playoff team right out of the gates. I don't know that this is a playoff team right out of the gates. Um, I, and the Pacific is a weak division. There's yeah. definitely a have and a have not in the Pacific Division. These guys could have come out of the gate and challenged, I thought, mm-hmm. and put together a much stronger team than they did. You know, I, I and look, they didn't take Tarasenko mm-hmm. out of St. Louis. They wanted to flip him. He's got a no trade. That was a difficult part of it. Okay, I get it. Um, so Vince Dunn is not a bad pick, but there's some of these. These are some players that they picked up where I thought, well, they gotta have a trade or a deal in place or a reason they picked so-and-so and such-and-such, and And then you find out they had zero trades made, zero deals in place. That's what makes me scratch my head. I can understand this roster. If you made assurances to teams not to pick certain players and pick other players, um, but I I don't know. I'm surprised by some of the guys on this list, and it's, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm not an NHL GM. Uh, I I think I could be, but so does everybody else, right? You know, so <laughs> it's just kind of it, it's really interesting to me. Some of the the guys that were on here, uh, like Pittsburgh, you pick up Brandon Tanev instead of Jason Zucker. I didn't get that one at all. And there's I I've got a lot of those on this list. Tom, how much of this is? I mean, I mean, if they come out next week and sign a free agent or two, especially a forward, because I think they have a nice a decor um, to, with all the cap space that they still have. Doesn't that make things different? Well, that is obviously uh, what they're banking on. You're hundred percent right. When it comes to that, um, Paul, that's, that's what they're trying to do. Um, they are trying to use cap space as an asset, as we've seen some other teams do. And some teams have done it very successfully. Um, they didn't take any big contracts. Uh, let alone Carey Price, they pretty much stayed away from those. I mean, Gord is five point one seven million uh, on his deal. Other than that, I don't, I don't know. There's not another guy on this. Well, Giordano is six point seven five, but other than that, there's not a guy over four. Um, so they really went as budget as they could. And a, some of these guys are RFA and UFA. So just because they picked, uh, you know, some of these players doesn't necessarily mean they sign with them. I'm, I'm really curious to see how this is going to work out for Seattle. Um, look, it wasn't the best selection from a lot of teams, but yeah, I, again, I, I thought they would have gone for a little more skill. They really went more size in, in, in physical play, but I don't necessarily, I think you need to have a physical presence to win in today's NHL, especially in the playoffs, but I don't think it can be your defining characteristic. How much of this was really set up to, to stop Vegas? I mean, I know you got to deal with Colorado too, but it looks like uh, that's pretty much how they set up their roster was to stop Vegas and, and, and Colorado by being big and heavy on the back end. Yeah, but they don't have and, a goalie. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that either. I mean, Drudiker is, is not bad, but – He's not. He's not a floor. He's not one. Of, he's not a price. He's not one. He's not a top tier goalie that you could have gotten. No. And if you if you're gonna heavy up on the back end, don't you start with the goaltender? So, 
I like Drieger, uh, especially as a budget signing. I like him. And I think the the idea is they're going to try to stay around five or six million on their goaltenders. Um, and it seems kind of like that's exactly what they're going to end up doing. Um, you know, hard to blame them on that. Uh, that's there's there's a reason teams try to stay a little cheaper in certain areas. St- and co- remember, Colorado goes back to the central next year. Um, so that's not even really going to be a major that's concern. True. That's true. Uh, when it comes to, but, uh, and I still don't think Colorado, I don't know why people insist Colorado's the best team in hockey. They're not. They're maybe the fourth or fifth best team in no, hockey. They don't They're a one line team. They're a one line team with one defensive pair, and they had a goalie who played great this year, but it's one year. And they're going to sign him for a lot of money, and they better hope he does yeah. not fall off. But because he's going to get paid, and they're going to be stuck with him. And if he if that was a flash in the pan, they're in trouble. So, uh, but when it comes to stopping Vegas, you know, Vegas showed they could be slowed down by a team that can jam up the neutral zone and slow it down. Vegas could not figure out how to penetrate to the the high traffic areas, the high scoring areas, get to the front of the net, get to the slot. I, I mean, Vegas does not like to be hit. Uh, they just don't. There's a couple of players there who did and who do, but they just don't like to be hit. Um, and that's that's kind of how it goes. So, I mean, if the, if your sole mission is to derail Vegas, yeah, this is pretty good. Um, you know, if you're going to get all over teams. And, and how, I mean, how stiff do you think the competition is going to be? Edmonton will be there. Calgary may or may not. Vancouver may or may not. The Ducks, probably not. The Kings, probably not. The Sharks, nope. Well, that's so, what I... That's what I mean. That the three California teams are are, are not going to be an issue, at least in this first season. Edmonton can't stop anybody, and Vancouver and Calgary are mediocre at best. Yeah, and Edmonton is your real concern in this division, I think, besides Vegas. Um, so you have to be able to stop Edmonton from scoring goals, um, and that's that's kind of what they did, but. I don't. I don't know that that's a term uh, or a plan for long-term success because eventually you have to score goals, <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> I don't really know how Seattle's going to do that. Okay, so I want to ask you this one, Tom. Uh, when I saw that lineup, I said, "Okay, building from the goal out." Yeah, they didn't get maybe their marquee names in that, but they got three pretty solid and potentially mm-hmm. good goaltenders. And then you looked at what they did on defense, and obviously mm-hmm. they went with size. Uh, not only height, but weight. Uh, here was my thought, though. Typically, what I've seen over the years, and Tommy, tell me if, if this is a true assessment, but um, over the NHL, if you have a lot of big players that are very physical and bruising, and there's one from Montreal that's not going to play a whole year, uh, and that is uh, Shea Weber, uh, don't they tend, if they play that style for 82 games, to have some injuries that um, some can be severe, some can just be nagging, that slows them down, and by the end of the year, they may not be the same uh, caliber um, player that they were at the beginning of the year. That's the risk everybody runs from playing a big physical heavy style. And here's the other thing to remember, everybody, is that the NHL, I will say this, the NHL really pushed their guys this year. They basically played every other night for the entire stretch of the season, which is not how it works in the, the regular season. But they are going back to 82 games next year. Uh, and, and it is a short, short off season. So, you know, I, I think for Seattle, not having to worry about any kind of playoff run or anything like that, you know, a lot of these guys are coming in fresh. They should be okay. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be injuries, especially because some of these guys are older. And, I mean, Giordano, I love the guy. I think he's, he's a great choice, and he should be the captain. Um, but he's you know, got some wear on the tires and, and he's going to be a guy you got to keep an eye on for durability's sake. I hope he proves to be durable. Um, they did try to pick some younger players in the draft. Uh, and uh, I mean, I like some of the picks they made. I thought Vince Dunn, if you don't go for Tarasenko, okay, that's a good one. Um, you know, I liked Appleton out of Winnipeg. You, know, you couldn't go wrong with whoever you picked from Tampa Bay. Uh, you could throw a dart, and you would have picked up a really good player there. I like Bastion. I actually thought they would pick up Bastion out of New Jersey. Um, I was a little surprised that they took Susie, and actually that's another one. Uh, I ended up out of Minnesota. I thought they were going to take the goaltender, Konkinen. I thought he would have been a perfect young one-two punch for them. 
but they, you know, they had other plans with that one. It just there, there were some interesting choices here. I agree on. I thought that uh, Cockenham would be the choice from the uh, Wild, uh, and I've heard and uh, following some of the people on Twitter, uh, Susie, especially the Rangers stuff, is that they might look to trade him to the Rangers uh, for Strom. That would be an interesting one, too. And, you know, I think we are going to see deals that do happen now. Uh, and, and they've already started. Uh, we saw a couple come down today. The other thing you're going to see is all of a sudden, all those guys who weren't signed and didn't have to be protected, you watch those contracts come rolling in. Uh, those signings are going to be announced, uh, whether it's Ovechkin or, you know, any of these other, oh, no, I'm going UFA. All of a sudden, their contract comes out. Um, <laughs> you know, you got to play those games. It's You're not fooling anybody, but we understand why you do it. Um, you know, that's... That's just kind of the nature of the beast. And, and there are a lot of teams, I'll be honest with you, a lot of teams had underwhelming lists of players available for the Kraken to select from. Yeah, more underwhelming it, than you would have thought. It was yeah, a couple of guys, yeah, maybe per team. Okay. And, and, and in some cases, there weren't any guys per team. I mean, it's there were a couple that I just looked at. I'm like, man, do I have to take somebody from this team? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tom, I'm going to give you three names, uh, so get ready. These are three that I, I want comments on, uh, if I can. Um, the first one uh, is Will Borgen. Um, I think uh, uh, a Minnesota kid from Moorhead, Minnesota. Uh, I think he was a great pick for them. Um, then uh, Jordan Eberle, uh, what, what's going to be his mark? And um, whom I think in my third one was, I slipped right off the top of my head. I'll start with those two. All right, let's do that. I'll, I'll start with Borgen, uh, who is RFA, but a good pickup from the Sabres. And actually the guy they, the Sabres are most afraid to lose. Um, I wondered if they might not go for Colin Miller, a little bit older player, uh, has been through the expansion ringer before with Vegas, uh, is a good solid NHL level defenseman. So I thought, ah, maybe they go with him, but they go with Borgen. They get team control. Uh, they can qualify him. He is a younger guy. Ha- doesn't have a lot of NHL experience yet, uh, but the the thought is he is developed to the point where he would have been in the lineup regularly for Buffalo next year. So I think he's a good young pickup. And you know what? Maybe he's a five, six guy on this Kraken team. Maybe he, you know, is a two way guy between the American league and, and the, the NHL this coming season. So, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where, where he's going to end up. Um, so I think I like that pick. I think that was probably the best young player they could get from Buffalo. Um, who is, uh, the second Eberle, um, uh, from the Islanders, there were, I was interested to see who they were going to get off the Island. Um, I actually, the, uh, my, I, this is my reach of the expansion draft. I wanted them to take Josh Hosang because I think <laughs> Hosang is, he's buried, he's buried oh, yeah. in the Island. And I think he's a better player than that. Uh, but he'll never see the light of day. And, and that kind of stinks for him. But, uh, so I, I, I Everly, here's the deal. He's going to get a shot because he's paid like he's going to get a shot to be on a top line, to produce like a top line guy. Um, there's going to be pressure on him. There won't be a lot of pressure on too many guys on this Kraken roster, but I think Everly's going to have some pressure on him to put up some numbers, and he'll be given that chance. Yeah, because he's the, really the only forward that they pick that's got any history of goal scoring, <laughs> Good point. Which, is, which is why they yeah. probably took him yeah. over Bailey. What what about I mean, the, here's my other one for you, Tom, and then then we'll let uh, let these guys throw something at you too. But um, the two flurries, uh, what's the deal with that? Kale and Hayden. You know, I, it's going to be interesting to see. Anytime you put brothers on a team, it can either go really well or it could go poorly. I think these two will, <laughs> will go well. But I was on a team where the Castitsen brothers played together, and it was an absolute disaster. Um, so I have seen it go the other way. Um, but I like Hayden Flurry coming out of the Ducks. It, it, the the Ducks are a weird team. They spend an awful lot of money to be that bad, um, <laughs> and it's it's kind of amazing when you think about it. But they do. Um, but so Flurry, he's going to be a guy who's going to get a chance right away to make an impact with this team on the blue line. And actually, they're not too too badly set on there now. Kale's RFA, um, 
so there's some team control there for him. He's a guy that I think is a uh, 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 he. I don't see him in the top six right away. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think he's going to have to earn a spot. Probably spends more time in the A than he does in the National Hockey League. However, look, remember, there's 30 guys they picked. I would be surprised if all 30 of them were there come opening night. I'd be surprised if on opening night, 25 of them are there. I think there's still moves to be made. Some of these younger guys might get flipped around a little bit yet. Um, So, you know, as we're trying to project and look ahead, I think that there might be some interest from other teams. Because remember, Seattle's got that cap space. They could go out and make a bit of a splashy acquisition here. And if they have to trade a younger player, they can. Well, who, if with the current roster right now, would it, it's going to be Eberly, your top line, Eberly, uh, Donskoy, and who's your center? I mean, because uh, Gord, th- Gord is out until November. Right. Um, and, you know, well, okay, so this, you might be a little surprised at this, but I think Appleton's got a shot at the top line. He's shown some scoring ability. I like Mason Appleton a lot. I think he could be there. Um, you know, man, it's tough to say who's your center. I mean, I've watched Yarncroke play in Nashville with the Predators. Um, he's a mid-six guy, probably a third-line center, so I don't think it's him. Um, I like Morgan Geeky as a player. I don't. He's not a top-line center in my mind. Um, Colin Blackwell from the Rangers is a guy who can play center wing, but he's another, I don't see him and Alexander true from the sharks. Come on. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's Jared McCann. Honestly, I think is your top line center. If they stick him in the middle, I think it becomes McCann and, and even there, there's one, I thought they were going to get a guy like Kerfoot out of right. Toronto. Um, but you know, they end up with Jared McCann. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They traded. They it's tra- it's actually a little tough to project. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you figured Toronto traded for him uh, because they wanted him in case Kerfoot was taken, and they and they lose him. Right, right, and that's yeah. Uh, it's again, we'll we'll probably have a better idea when we see these guys on the ice. And don't forget, Dave Hackstall. Um, there's a certain type of team he likes to coach and a way he likes to play. And I think that they definitely kind of built the roster around him. I mean, look, it's no stretch to say that Hackstall was a surprise choice to be the coach for the Kraken. But I think that they built this team to reflect the personality of what they expect from the GM, the coach, and then the attitude on the ice. I don't think Seattle is built to score goals. They're built to try to keep pucks out. Well, no, I think I Ron Francis, you look at Carolina's team, you know, I expected a little bit more skill to go along with the big bodies. and But with Haskell, that's the team he had in Philly. He had They were bigger physical uh, players when he was coaching Philly. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I expect that that's what they're going to try to do is have that kind of team. But I don't know. I It's kind of odd. I know we haven't hit free agency necessarily yet, although the Kraken had their exclusive window uh, to talk to everybody. And I I don't know. I just feel like you can't count on free agency at all if you're Seattle to make a big splash. No one goes, man, I really want to go year one to an expansion team. They go, man, I really want to go to a team where I might win a cup. Um, And not everybody's got the money, but... You know, it's some players, if they have their cup, might just want to go get paid. But do you want that guy who's just chasing the paycheck now? Or do you want a, a guy who's motivated to win? Yeah, that's really good stuff, Tom, when when you talk about that. And you hit Dave Haxtell right in the head. I was fortunate enough to spend two years with him at North Dakota. And um, his style of play is big and physical. But he also likes speedy, crafty forwards, and I think that's what they're going to look to. That's why I'm surprised Tarasenko uh, wasn't one of their guys, like you, you said. Or, and maybe he'll end up being there. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I'm surprised that that was the case. Um, also, uh, Dave Haxtell doesn't like to smile, and I don't think too many guys in those uh, <laughs> on that Seattle roster want to smile either. So so he's got that going for him. And, and then um, – Dave's got no fear, right? I mean, he's going to be the first coach of the Kraken that'll always be in the record books, 
and um, he's got basically a blank check for a couple of years to just try to do what he can do. Yeah, and and he does have that luxury, and I'm sure he'll have the luxury of time. Um, You know, one guy that I really thought could have given the Kraken an identity right away uh, was Brendan Lemieux. If you wanted a tough, irritable, just SOB kind of guy on your team, I thought he was it. I thought they would pick him up from the Kings, and they did not. I was a little surprised to see that because I feel like what they did is they picked up a lot of players who would – kind of be sort of maybe like Brendan Lemieux or could turn into Brendan Lemieux. Like, well, why don't you just pick Brendan Lemieux? <laughs> but they end up with Curtis McDermott, who is a perfectly good AHLer. Um, but, you know, is he going to be a long-term NHL defenseman? I don't even know that. Just from watching him in the American League for a couple of years, he's not bad. Um, but do I see him on the roster opening night? Probably not. Okay, so two Sun Devil alums sitting across from each other uh, on each coast of the United States right now. Um, we have to get a Joey Decord in there. And I know I remember when you sat down with Joey for me um, and had a chance to visit with him. And, Tom, you being an old goaltender yourself. Um, I- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say old. You being a goaltender yeah, yourself. Yeah, I was <laughs> he 100% meant to say old. Who are you kidding? Uh, okay. Don't let him lie to you like that, Tom. And, and Tom, Tom, speaking about that irritable SOB, that's the one on Long yeah. Island. That's why he's on our team. Yeah. He's yep. our irritable SOB. That's me. Yeah. I guess I'm the skill player, huh? <laughs> oh, that's really pushing it. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go to Joey Decord. I, I know it was kind of a shock. I got wind of it, Tom, about uh, I don't know two days earlier. Uh, somebody told me that Joey was going to be their pick, and and I thought. No, I'm not going with it. Then then he came back to me a day later, and he said, Joey Decord's going to Seattle. I'm going, okay, I'll tweet it out. Um, but uh, your thoughts on Joey, because you've met him, you've talked to him, you know what he what he plays like, his style. Give us uh, a thumbnail. I think looking at Joey, um, he, was, he was never going to get a chance to start in Ottawa anytime soon unless Matt Murray got plucked off that roster by Seattle. Um, Murray is – is the guy because he's paid to be the guy. Um, You know, it's the same reason why the Florida Panthers feel obligated to continue to go back to Sergei Bobrovsky because they're paying him like he's the guy. Uh, You know, so I think it's number one, good for him to get out of there uh, and get into an organization. Look, Drieger had a great year last year. And speaking of the Florida Panthers, he's the reason why they were as good as they were. He carried them for stretches of that season. Can he do it again? I have no idea. Uh, And, you know, that's the risk you take when you pick a guy who's got really one year of of excellence behind him um, and has done it for the first time but not the second time. So, you know, uh, I think DeCord's got a realistic shot at, you know, coming into camp, working hard, maybe outplaying him uh, and ending up with that that starting job. Vitek Vanacek. It's interesting that they, they picked Vanacek out of Washington, which, by the way, really, really messes up the Capitals. Um, <laughs> Darn. But, yeah, I, but I really <laughs> don't know that Vanacek is, has ever proven to me that he, he can play more than really half his team's games and be that kind of dominating goaltender uh, that you need to be to be a number one and carry 75% of the load. So, but he'll get a chance to do it. Um, but that said, I think Joey's in a good spot. Um, and as far as the way he plays, you know, he's a big guy, pretty tall, loves to play the puck. Oh, he gets so excited. Oh, Sometimes yeah. a little overexcited <laughs> um, and, and likes to get out there. But, you know, that's that's a guy, too, who can help you, uh, especially if you have a little bit bigger, slower defense core. He can help pick pucks off, set things up, really kind of, you know, get the wheels in motion while everybody gets back and sets up. So I, I don't mind him as a pick behind a defense like that. Isn't that well, what Brodor always did with the Devils? Yeah, and, and keep in mind, that was before the trapezoid, which, I mean, mm-hmm. the trapezoid is there because of Brodor. Yep. Uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, he, uh, he was so good at, at being able to move the puck, and a couple other goalies were. Um, I kind of wish they'd get rid of it, though, because – there's still guys out there who handle it like a live grenade. Um, and it's <laughs> pretty entertaining. 
I mean, there were, there were times, and I'm starting to get like that with Mark Andre Fleury. I just spent the last year covering Vegas, and every time I watched him come out, I'm like, oh my god, what's going to happen now? Oh, it's, and it I, bit him a few times in the playoffs. Oh yep. yeah, I, it's, crucial it's, goal. Yeah, I mean, yep. listen, uh, I agree with you, Tom. Get rid of the trapezoid. This is this is what I'll say from an unbiased source. Well, it's not even a source. I'll, I'll tell you where I, where I heard it. Uh, Elliot Friedman on in, in his 31 Thoughts uh, said that someone told him that Decord was the best goalie in the Ottawa organization. So I, I, I Backed. say that because Backed. I don't, I, I say that because I don't want my bias to 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 to, to affect to what I say as much as I can. And you can't get a more unbiased source than. And you know what? If it's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, he's your guy in waiting, or or maybe, like I say, you know, if Drieger only had one good year and that was his year, um, you know, having Decord as the guy behind Banachek, and of course, you know, injuries happen, things happen, guys get shuffled around. You never know. Um, so I don't think he's a bad insurance policy to have at all. But he's going to have to come in and fight for for that backup job. And eighty two games in an Olympic schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, boy, it's going to be. There's a lot of interesting things facing the league this year. They're going to try to get everything back on a normal timeline, but it's still going to be a little compressed. Um, that and you can tell. You watch Batman talk about the Olympics. He does not want to go. No, but they made a they made a promise, and if they have to go and honor the promise, they will. But man, he does not want to go. No, that's the players that want to go. It's not the league. Yeah. That's their concession to, to keep labor peace because the players yeah. want to go. Yep. Okay, so it's a couple of things I want to ask that, that don't really pertain to the expansion but kind of do. But um, Minnesota made a bold move, I thought, and we had Pat McAlevey on our show last night, and uh, he thought it was a good move. I'm not sure if it is or isn't, but um, Suter, Parisi, both gone. They came in together. They left together, both uh, free agents right now. You see either one of them ending up in uh, Seattle. Boy, it's going to be tough for Parisi to find a home. Um, you're going to have to convince someone. He's going to have to convince someone that he's still got some quality hockey left to play, that he'll be healthy enough to do it, uh, and that he can return to an elite level. He's one of those guys that will probably go into camp looking for a job somewhere. Um, and that's just where he is. I mean, that's, you know, everybody reaches the end of the road sometime. I think Parise could be very close to it. Suter uh, at 36 still is, you know, he can play somewhere. I actually imagine Suter going back to Nashville, uh, maybe signing a team-friendly deal to go back there. Yeah, he's, that's what I was gonna thinking. He's going to make his money. He's going to make his money. He'll be fine. Um, and at this point, Suter doesn't have to be the guy or even the guy next to the guy. But if he goes back to Nashville where they just traded Ryan Ellis, who is a right-hand shot defenseman, Suter's not. But, uh, you know, they could find room for him maybe in that lineup in a 3-4 pair. Uh, and he's just a smart veteran guy. He can move the puck, still skates pretty well. Uh, I think he's going to have an easier time finding a job than, than Zach Breezy will. Well, yeah, he's, saw, he's a he's a second pair guy that still plays twenty minutes a game. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. sign him to more than one or two years because of his age, but for one year or two years, you know, you're going to get a guy that's going to play uh, second pair minutes. Hey, Paul, I don't remember uh, who, where I saw it on Twitter, but Lou Lamarillo was tied to both Parisi and Suter. That's what I, uh, I saw Team that, USA, that, uh, <laughs> Team USA, and and and, and Devils. And the Devils yeah. and um, and Suter played Suter played for Barry Trotz, right? And the Islanders need to replace yeah. Nick Letty's minutes. So I mean, it make it makes sense. It's something to look for. I'm okay with it. Yeah. To be honest with you. Okay, so so let me ask you this, uh, Tom. Uh, our good old Arizona Coyotes, who, uh, if you didn't hear in the open, I said uh, release their schedule, and they said nothing about the Arizona Coyotes. They said, come get a nice cheap ticket at uh, Gila River Arena and see your best teams from everywhere in the NHL, and we'll be the opponent. 
I am, I am familiar with that marketing tactic. Uh, I, I know how that works. I've been with a few organizations that have indeed sold themselves that way. Um, you know, it's, uh, that's pretty much what it boils down to is, you know, please buy our tickets. Um, and whether, look, guys talk about it in the league, okay? I mean, you if you walk into a locker room, a visiting locker room in Arizona, you will probably overhear somebody saying, man, that kind of almost felt like a home game. Uh, the Cardinals go through that every week. The Cardinals go through that eight times a year. They do. The and I, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked. I have only been to one Cardinals game because I'm a Bills fan. I grew up in Buffalo. But I didn't get to go to the Bills game this year, you know, because of the pandemic. But uh, right. the one game I went to a couple of years ago was when Denver came to town. Yep. It was a Denver home game. Yep. And it, it's mind blowing. Uh, yep. So this, and this is not new. No. This is no. not new. So, I mean, that's, you know, whenever, that's just kind of how it is. Atlanta was the same way. I used to live near Atlanta. And Atlanta was very much the same way. People just rooted for the other team. Um, and it's just, it's sad, but it is what it is. And uh, the Coyotes, I mean, I wish them well. They're in the Central Division now, so they also have to sell that. Um, that's another thing that maybe is going to have some people scratching their heads, but Seattle boots them over to the Central Division. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, and like I said, I mean, it's, it's been that way forever. Because uh, I remember when the Cardinals first went out there. Um, did they, I, did they never played a home game? Okay, but here, let yeah. me say this no. about the Cardinals. When the Cardinals got the new stadium, it, it's, it's been a sellout. Way. It's been yeah, a sellout. It's still the same way. It's still, it's if they're playing the Giants or the Cowboys or the well, Patriots yeah. or the Packers, you're still, the, the, the crowd is still 90% yeah. for the other team. Right. What I'm telling you, though, is, is that with the Coyotes, ever since they moved to Glendale, it's never really been. Uh, a destination, a destination site. And is that Arizona fans or is that location? Because for a long time, they said location, location, location. I'm starting to think it might be Arizona fans. Well, not for nothing, but if you have to take a helicopter to get there in time for the game, you know, how, 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 how are you going to sell that? It's hard when you got to go two hours across town in traffic, especially if you live on the east side of town. And, you know, the West Side never really developed the way we they thought it was going to. And then, of course, the, the housing bubble burst. And that just really destroyed any real hope of the West Side developing at the pace they wanted it to. Um, I, I think they're in a bad spot. Would they do better on the East Side? Yes. Would it be enough to really save them? I don't know. We're going to we might I'm with find you, out. my friend. <laughs> I'm with you, my friend. Um. Okay, so so let's talk a little bit about the presentation because we, we don't really talk a lot about that. But um, I was at Vegas or in Vegas when they did their expansion draft, and you know everything in Vegas is big and glitzy and fun and exciting and energetic. Uh, I didn't see that out of Seattle. I thought it was a great great site. I thought that was great. Uh, I thought the view was great, but man, I, I just didn't see that same type of excitement. And I know they're always going to be. Uh, pitted against each other and paired against each other and everything that they do. And then the second part of that, Tom, is, uh, and this, this one should be right in your wheelhouse, um, I, I was nervous for ESPN and what I saw. I, I just thought they were clunky, um, not fluid, and uh, I really sh thought there were a lot of digs. At, I mean, when you're announcing a player and you go, he's a really good player, I think he's going to be a great fourth liner on this expansion team. Um, to me, that's not exciting. No, <laughs> no. Uh, and, and you know what? Maybe they had as much trouble explaining this as we do. I don't know. Um, cause we're kind of saying the same thing, except they had to do it because they're paid to do it. So, you know what though? I mean, God, Vegas set the bar so impossibly high yeah. because Vegas is Vegas. It's a show town. They, right. no matter what they do, they're going to put on one of the best shows, if not the best show. Seattle is a different city. It's got a more relaxed vibe. It's a little more laid back. Um, you know, they're just, it's different. Um, I think as far as the cracking go, it was good. ESPN is going to, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know where ESPN's hockey analyst chops are really going to develop. They have a couple people there who know the game, but I mean, if you're hoping that the NHL is ever going to be on par with the NBA in ESPN's no. eyes, I don't see that. No. I just hope uh, they don't turn but, it into a baseball no. telecast. Well, I just I th- I thought it was just like Seattle. The whole broadcast was very sleepy. I just there was no excitement, like Scott said. There was just nothing to draw me in. And and honestly, I loved bringing in all the ex uh, players in Seattle greats. But I wasn't in, I wasn't thrilled with the way Marshawn Lynch acted and didn't know who he was announcing. And to me, it's just a, it's just a uh, bad look on the NHL. Yeah, look, there are definitely things they could have done better. Like um, a pronunciation and, guide? <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's – there. yeah. And I think they really were trying to star power their way through it um, and just say, look at all these people that we have. We're Seattle. And, again, Vegas did that. Vegas set the bar high. Um, you know, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard when that's – the act you're trying to follow. Um, and they, they did try to follow it, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm not too worried about the, cause they were trying to make it a spectacle and make it interesting when we knew 90% of that team before they even hit the air. <laughs> yeah. and they had to yeah. act like we didn't. So, you know, that's, that's another thing. And, and man, that's hard. <laughs> you know, hey, that's just hard to do. Hey, Tom, do yeah, you agree with fit- Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. Go. I was going to say, do you agree with me that tomorrow will be a better gauge of where they might want to take this, uh, since it's not really a, it's not necessarily a spectacle, but it's more of a hockey specific related uh, introduction. Um, I think that we may find a little bit more of the the home cooking part of it. Maybe I guess. Um, as far as getting into the nuts and bolts of what the, like the actual guts of, for lack of a better term, the show is going to be. Um, I think that, um, and and also the other thing too, is when you're trying to do a live show, you know, with the, with the pandemic, um, it's hard because you, they basically really kind of told people to stay away. They're like, get on your boat, get out in the water. Um, you know, and hang out there. Don't really, it just, it's hard to, it's hard to drum up the same excitement and energy when it's not, you know, if you jam a square with 10,000 screaming people that brings its own buzz with it and it, the energy translates. But uh, so I think, yeah, we're going to see a little bit more, like I say, the nuts and bolts, maybe a little bit more the, like the, the home cooking aspect of what we can really expect here. Um, I look, it's going to be a work in progress. It, it, that's that's the best thing you can say about it is um, they're just gonna they're they're gonna still make mistakes. Um, they're gonna learn as they go, and that's that's where we're at. All right, final question is the biggest one of the night. Yes or no on the jersey color combinations and logos? Oh, I love it. I love it. I love the logo. I love the colors. I, I think they hit a home run with that. I love it. Yep. I think that was the I, best part of the whole thing. <laughs> my favorite my favorite part of the, the entire logo setup, there's two things, and I love when they hide things in logos. Yes. The first thing I love is in the S is the tentacle of the Kraken in the S. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The other thing I love is at the top of the anchor is the Space Needle. Yeah, that is really cool. I don't know how many people have actually caught that. I, I and I'm I'm a I'm a you know dork for things like that. I absolutely oh, yeah. love logo design. <laughs> I get I get it. I love it when you see all the cool things that go into logo design. Uh, but I really I think they nailed it. I think they did a great job. Um, and you know what? Those jerseys will sell. The logo will sell. I hope they do really really well this first year are they going to run all the way to the stanley cup final i don't think so but nobody thought that for vegas either so you never know you catch lightning in a bottle and this weird you know strange group comes together in in a special way hey but uh in the meantime i'm just gonna sit here and scratch my head for a little bit until they hit the ice and we really (laughs) see what this group does under dave hextall well Well, that'll be the interesting part (laughs) 
They won't be yeah. North Dakota, and they won't be using the phrase that they use in North Dakota, speed kills in the locker room, because there's not enough speed there to kill anything. Uh, but we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> crush wow. They can right. crush it. Yeah, they might be able to crush it, but maybe it'll say crush kills. <laughs> well, well, if you remember, they used to have the supersonics, and a lot of these guys could make up a basketball team. Yeah, there's a lot of six sevens on that roster. I uh, love it. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. You'll be back with us on Saturday night again to do the uh, the amateur uh, breakdown. Um, Rob and uh, Paul, thank you for your input. We uh, we love it. I think it was a great roundtable, and let's do it again on Saturday night, and we can talk about all the names that were called. Uh, I will give a little secret out. I think Sunday night we're getting one of the draft picks from the state of Arizona, so – um, that should be an exciting Sunday night. Uh, a kid that's going to play his college hockey at the University of Minnesota, of all places. Wow. <laughs> Isn't everything you do Minnesota-related? <laughs> well, do you want to talk about Will Borgen some more? He's from Moorhead, not far from where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you all coming on, and I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the uh, special coverage of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, the NHL expansion draft. Uh, we will see you all again on Saturday night, and let's hope that we have some really good picks to talk about, including uh, some local guys here in Arizona uh, in Matthew Nyes and uh, Ty Murchison, the Sun Devil product, and, of course, Josh Doan. Going to be going somewhere. We'll see you all on uh, Saturday night. Good night, everybody. Good night.